Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Headscarves and Good Yarns with me, Amal Abdullahi. This podcast is all about discussing the uncomfortable truths of race to empower a more empathetic New Zealand. Every episode will talk race diversity and everything in between. You'll also hear stories from Kiwis all around the world who come from different walks of life. Now, today is a very, very special episode because it's the first time having guests. Woohoo! We're moving up here in this podcast world. So I am very delighted to have my sisters come on to the podcast for the first um, episode with guests. So they can go around and introduce themselves. So ladies, please say your name, what you do in life. You can define yourself however you want, and where where are you really from? You know, where are you really from? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with Ati. Hello, everyone. I am Perumbilavil Kailavanakalam Rajesh Arti, and I'm currently a third year PhD student in the Department of Pathology. And so I was initially born in India, and then I grew up most of my life in Malaysia, and now I'm here. So. Yes. Um, hi, everyone. Kia ora. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my name is uh, Firdaus Abdullahi Muhammad. I'm a junior doctor, um, first year out, <laughs> and I'm from Auckland, live in Auckland. Um, and yeah, where I'm really from, Amal's trying to create an identity crisis right now. <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm, I'm Somali, uh, but you know, I rip Auckland. How about you, Cycle? <laughs> um, hello, everyone. I am. Um, I'm going to call myself Amal. No. I, I am Amal's sister, and I am a final year pharmacy student. I was born in Palmerston North, lived in Hamilton for a bit, and now from the hut. So that's where I'm from, and I am also Somali. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> There's always an interesting question, though, right? When people ask you, where are you from? And then you just simply say, Dunedin, Loha, Auckland, whatever. And then people just give you that look like, but no, where are you really from, though? Yeah, but yeah. thank you for explaining where you guys are from and giving us context for the conversation that we're about to have. Mm. So we're going to really delve into some proper topics here. But um, yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, how often do you think about these things or how often do you have these kind of conversations? Um, for me personally, yeah. Um, in terms of how, many, how much I think about it, I think the idea of belonging and place is it's not something I sort of think about it's more of a almost a preoccupation like it's something that's just sort of dwelling in my mind and it's kind of it's almost the water that you kind of swim in and it it colors so many of your interactions during the day Mm -hmm. that I might not actively be thinking about it or be trying to engage with people on that level but it it just so affects how you move through the world um and in terms of how many times I get directly asked um so often sometimes in the professional setting sometimes personally and how I react I feel I think we can maybe all relate is very much dependent on the vibe that the other person is is coming with where Mm -hmm. you know in some you know I'm very proud to be Somali and I and I identify the ways in which I'm different and those are beautiful things and I'm more than happy to to speak on those but you got to have somebody who's meeting you at that place right where Mm. if somebody comes with the energy or with the you can kind of feel that they're 
coming at it almost in an accusatory way of they're asking where are you from, but they're really trying to say why are you here. Um, and that's when I get my guard up and, and start sort of shutting, shutting the conversation down. Mm, that's so true. I feel, yeah, I definitely can relate to that. What about you, Ati Sagal? So I feel like I think about this every time I go back home and even here. So mm. sometimes, like, am I Indian enough? Am I Malaysian enough? Am I, like, Kiwi enough? Like, what really am I? So it's, like, more of a self-acceptance mm-hmm. thing as well, more than, more than when other people ask me. It's about me accepting who I am for all the different things I am. So I guess I'm a bit of everything. Mm. Yeah. Get out the melting pot. I like yeah. it. <laughs> you yeah, I think the ladies here have worded that quite well. Um, for me, it's like the same thing. Like I'm too Kiwi to be Somali, but then I'm not quite like kiwi enough to be kiwi you know and that's the pressure i feel from other people sometimes but it's definitely about just internalizing that and thinking about that and then me myself accepting who i am and accepting both sides yeah what was it like trying to get that acceptance in your life that's a weird way to wear that question sorry (coughs) what was it like trying to merge the two cultures Mm. um hmm (laughs) I don't know if I, c- I can say this happened yet. Like, I'm still, mm. it's yeah. still a, not a day to day battle, but it's definitely something there that's the, at the back of my mind mm. all the time, just always present. But I think the older you grow up, the more I've learned to embrace both sides and not be ashamed of both sides, whether I'm hanging out with like a predominantly like Somali group with I'm hanging out with a like predominantly a group of Kiwis I you know embrace the other sides and don't try hide that or feel ashamed about it mm. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's just really um it's such an honest thing that you said Suggle that you know people people tr- assume that you're at this sort of stage where you know you've figured it all out and people don't know that you know we're all still growing up in a way and we're all still discovering and the other thing is even that even the original phrase that you use Amal of acceptance I've kind of the older I get the more I actually like walk away from the idea of acceptance and because I think the, even the phrase accept means that there is somebody that you, needs to accept you mm-hmm. and it kind of centralizes another true. person or, mm-hmm. or it kind of centralizes an idea of what New Zealand is and you need to be accepted into that mm-hmm. when really for me the, the older I the more I grow up and the more I kind of come into, come into my own and, and merge those different identities it becomes about actually the issue is not that you must that I must be accepted. It's that we need to expand the idea of what is acceptable, mm. you know, and, and inco- you know, and it's Definitely. kind of oh, yeah. no, it's like, there's, yeah. there's heaps of. So even when you use the word accept, I was like, <laughs> yes, that word is has been in my life for so long, mm. but it's only recently where I've actually started to unpack it a bit and be like, wait, actually, is that really what I want? Yeah. True. Thanks for calling me yeah. out. Actually, I think yeah. I always yeah. I always use the wrong word, but yeah. I think as I've gotten older, I'd like to think of it more mm. as a marriage between the two cultures. Definitely, yeah. everyone comes is. in with an equal standing. Yeah. Mm. So we've had struggles mm-hmm. with having to merge just two cultures, mm-hmm. but Arti here, you've had to manage merge so many cultures. And how do you? Yeah. How what was it like trying to represent both? 
uh, or everything actually not both just everything in your life and how do other people respond when you tell them that you have so many cultural influences um, in your life because in the past I've tried to become or like try to be that particular culture so that I feel more comfortable with them but then mm. it still wasn't me enough so mm. I think as I grow older I just have learned to accept that it's just me I'm just different and I think I feel a lot better about it now mm. Mm. yeah different isn't a bad thing but yes we should all like learn how to celebrate our differences yeah. when so you mentioned the the word bad that b word when did you feel bad about being different I think it started even when I was really, really young because mm. my parents are from two different states in India. So I have half of my family who speaks Tamil and the other half that speaks Malayalam. Mm. So even then, I was just like, what really am I? And then mm. I can like see some of my cousins who thought I was slightly different because of the stereotypes that had associated with the other state. And mm. then, like, yeah. I don't know, I felt like I didn't belong. Mm. It's a, no, it just, but over time, it it's kind of beneficial sometimes. Like if you don't want to talk to Malayalis, I just say I'm Tamil. Sometimes works. Oh yeah, there's pros and cons. Hey, pros and cons. Um, so for people who don't know a lot about India, are the two cultures from the different states are they very different to each other, or what, what's what is it like? It's it's these are neighboring states, so they have quite a bit of similarities, but the language is completely different. Like the written thing is like like it's completely different. Like uh, to me, it sounds very similar, but to someone who knows only one of the language, mm. it might seem very different to mm-hmm. them. So. And like everything, like in terms of culture and rituals, everything, it's just completely different. Like the social structure mm-hmm. mm. and food. Yeah, food. <laughs> <Your> favorite? Uh, <laughs> Which state is better? <laughs> oh, oh. See, I think this will cause some major drama in my family, so I'm just going to avoid. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's great. And then what about you ladies? What... Um, bad experiences have you had for lack of a better word um, trying to merge or marry the two cultures together whoa have you got any stories um, I personally am quite um, what's the word fortunate that I haven't had any bad experiences I wouldn't say I can't think of anything that is like pops out crazy in my mind was a really bad experience I think it's just the more subtle things Mm. where you just get the glance and people Mm. are just like ooh or like things just like that where you just notice you are different yeah but nothing crazy can like pops up into my mind yeah Mm. I just just what um, Arati was saying kind of drove it home with me like all the nuances of of it eh? like and if somebody like if, if you were in if you were in New Zealand or at home and somebody treats you a certain way, it's mm-hmm. almost like, is it because I'm um, Tamil? Is it because I'm Malayali? Is it because I'm <laughs> Malaysian? Is it because I'm Kiwi? Is it because I'm, yeah. is it because I'm a woman? Is it because... And you're kind of like... I'm just me. Or is it yeah. because I'm a bad person <laughs> and a bad day and it's just not... It's got really nothing yeah. to do with it and I'm, you know... Um, yeah, I've had a lot of, I think, 
uh, similarly it's like a, where lots of m- lots of microaggressions yeah more and subtle. lots yeah and what that does is like kind of what Arthur was saying about it brings up that that stuff you have inside of you which is your own struggle Definitely. and then somebody says something or treats you in a certain way and then it just amplifies it um in terms of just i mean it's like really bad experiences i think the the more into a like a professional setting i get them less overt it becomes i think it was very overt when we were children i think a lot of us yeah, have kind of, you know are very yeah. direct mm-hmm. it's very yeah. much you know but then they're learning it from somewhere right they're learning it from their parents and that that's the rhetoric is out there i mean there was i mean just that story you told the other episode amal of of being um, punched i think i have a very similar story and i just think you know a lot, sometimes it goes from like the microaggressions, but then it's physical violence at the other side, right? There's and it's definitely like, a wide. There's just that, and then there's everything in between. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it was also struggles for me, not from being black in a white country, but also just having from the other side as well. Like I feel like mm. uh, parents didn't really understand what was going on, and yeah. sometimes it would be very funny yeah. things. Like the f- struggles would be hilarious. Like, yeah, like sleepovers. Oh, like, yeah, sleepovers. Don't even ask. Don't even bring it up. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what the inside of any of my childhood friends' houses look like. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the end of that. It's just not a thing. And then also, mm. I remember um, when I first started wearing uniform this is at intermediate school and yeah. everyone wore skirts mm-hmm. and of course we yeah, had to cover our legs trousers <laughs> and Hyatt Arbor would not let me wear tights because that's too revealing Girl. right I had to wear pants under a skirt it was honestly Girl, such pa- a strong hey that's a look now that's a look, that's a look now really? it's a little it's a look put your little navy <laughs> pants put a navy skirt over it it's a whole thing but hijabis are on that trend years before but honestly it wasn't cool back then yeah. so I would yeah. always be yeah. like people would always like bully me and then mufti mm. days were the worst because uh, yeah. halal fashion wasn't a thing back then I mean yeah. we hijabis looking fly now but I know whoo, yeah. it was just a struggle yeah. and sometimes but, it would be more serious things as well like Oh, you can't trust um, people who are, you know, not Muslim or people who look different to us. Um, they they do this and they do X, Y, and Z, and that makes them bad people because they think this and it's different to us. And that was also a struggle as well, like yeah. having to convince my parents that it's okay that my friends are different. It doesn't mean you can still trust them. Like yeah. they're not going to hurt me. Yeah, Definitely. that's such a good point. And also, it really took me a while to realize my parents actually don't know before they came to New Zealand they actually don't know what it's like to be a minority necessarily mm. do you yeah. know what I mean That's yeah, yeah, forget, so yeah. there's, that, there's that thing of like there's such a generational difference eh? and there's so many issues with that but yeah they it, they don't always 100% understand the, the struggle of being a few in, in many a yeah That's so I relate to that so hard Amal struggles but it's okay we've managed yeah. we're growing up and we're very proud <laughs> of where we're from exactly. yeah. um so talking about the the proud moments what do you love the most about your cultures yeah culture cultures what do you love the most and what do you love t- telling or teaching other people about food yeah the mm, food's always say it again, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know there's just a lot of options for me to choose from like i have my true. malayali side the tamil side malaysian food oh, malaysian food is just so good mm. um, <laughs> could eat, eat some right now just some hot fun <laughs> 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 
Yeah, definitely the food. And and then all the different dances. Mm, I really yeah. like dancing and I just want more of the world to see all the different dances India and Malaysia has to offer. I know this is podcast form, so you won't be able to see Arti dancing, but Arti is one of the best dancers I have ever met Say in my again. whole entire life. Say it oh again. my yeah. gosh. These are facts. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. So are you guys. <laughs> yeah. No, but definitely food is one of those mm. things that I'm really proud of. And then also just like teaching my friends like little phrases in Afsomali or mm. like just like teaching about like the history or things like that. And like mm. also them teaching like things about their culture as well. And then we all just become one big melting pot. And then it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the, I, sometimes I like the idea of, you know, you're introducing something different into people's lives. Mm. In just that general vibe. Um, yeah, I would say um, our Somali-like sense of humor, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say, like, <laughs> especially women, especially Somali women <clears throat> are just the funniest people that, that, I, that I know. Um, I vouch for Amal and Saga. Um, <laughs> and just our, like, the way we, you know, the way we carry ourselves and, um, you know, just cu- Somali customs. And, you know, I just see Somali people and I just think this, you know, they can be just so, like, you know, so articulate and, and eloquent. And just It's like mm. part of, just like, it's almost just part of the, exactly, the way yeah. people talk and the way yeah. people carry themselves. I just, yeah, I just really, yeah. yeah I love that about, about Somali culture. Yeah. And then also the struggles that I'm sure other people have faced as well, but especially Somali people have faced, and they're still strong mm-hmm. through yeah. it. Yeah, you know that's mm. something I admire, and I feel as if yeah. our people are very strong in that way. Mm. We are very, very proud people. Yeah, yes, yeah, very proud yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sometimes <laughs> a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, it's time for the music break now. That went by so fast. Oh my gosh. So this week's music break is A Lovely Song Called River by Ibeyi. Um, They're a a musical duo consisting of two Afro-Cuban French twin sisters. They're beautiful, beautiful ladies. Oh my gosh. Um, And they use Yoruba language in their um, songs, specifically Mm. prayers. Um, And for those of you who haven't heard of Yoruba language, it's spoken mainly in West Africa and mainly in um, Nigeria. So this song... Um, is called yeah called River and it's about one of the Orishas which is um, a word for deity in um, Yoruba lore and as the deity is called Ocean Ocean I really hope I'm saying that correctly I'm sure someone will mm-hmm. call me out if I'm not um, but anyways Ocean is a river goddess and is shown as a protector savior and nurturer of humanity which is really nice and it's a really dope song you should definitely check them out that is not my phone All right. (laughs) So, enjoy the song, guys.
River by Ibeyi. Please check them out. So it's about I B E Y I. Yes, yes, and that's also um, Yoruba um, as well, and it means twins, which is cool because they're twins. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that song. So we're here to talk about race and diversity, Mm. um, but we also have many other labels in our life. So we're women, we're scientists, Mm. we're pharmacists, we're doctors. We're whatever. <laughs> Dancers, <laughs> as we've yeah. discovered. <laughs> um, so we've had to face um, discrimination, microaggressions, not only from the you know direct environment around us being people, but also the things that we also absorb in our lives, like media. Yeah. So how have you felt that um, discrimination um, from the media's point of view? Or even just, not even media, but just also like society's ideals, right? Like, for example, to be beautiful. Growing up, I thought to be beautiful, you had to be 
white mm. and yeah. I got told so many times oh you're so ugly because you're a black monkey or like yeah. silly stuff like mm. that and it's like yeah. well actually now that I'm a bit older I'm like I'm out of stunning no no not no, at all know, yeah. totally totally mm. totally can relate yeah. to that so where, what, in what other areas yeah. Um, yeah. have you felt that discrimination um, I think the from media I mean if we just talk about New Zealand media I don't think there is a huge um maybe getting better than last week's but I don't think there's a huge amount of I don't see a whole lot of diversity on the screen uh, you know I don't see that much I mean maybe I'm not looking in the right place but I don't see a lot of a lot of migrants being represented even though you know my migrant people have been here for just so long um, but then globally obviously the, there's just issues there um, in the with the and I think the media definitely pushes a beauty ideal for sure. And I, I totally can relate to feeling excluded from the uh, from the idea of beauty in this um, in New Zealand. There's a Somali poet, Watson Shire. Oh, she's amazing. Very she had a poem where she said, um, my beauty is not beauty here. And I, I thought that was mm. such a point and thing. She saw, she's a Somali writer. And I just thought that's so true because... <laughs> Yo, that plug! <laughs> I'm like out here doing media for what I said. No, um, I just I just remember that, that line. Um, and I, yeah, I grew up being called ugly as well. Um, and it's just... It's all because of... It's all because of just... Yeah, it's just because of race and the way that racism, you know... Um, and I didn't realize for quite a few years that it's just racism. You know, it's, it's not founded in truth. It's literally people, you know, picking just literally color and, and, and things mm. and things that are not indicators of beauty at all. Um, yeah, so definitely relate to that hard. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting when the media decides what the primary narrative yeah. is going to be. Yeah. And then when you're younger, you don't understand like the... Um, media is just it's just people behind that yeah but then to you it feels like the truth and it mm. feels like the normal standard so mm. yeah it's also me- media should have a responsibility to switch up their content yeah. and, and reflect what society is really like but then also i'm glad that we've all kind of grown up and realized yeah. our own agency yeah. yeah and i think it's just i have a little sister and i very just watching her grow, grow up made me kind of have a much sharper eye for the images that that little girls get and I personally I'm glad from a young age I never looked at magazines you know just never looked at um that stuff I mean it's just I just feel like it's kind of poison um, yeah, and definitely. it's like drinking poison that consuming that stuff and it's so hard with media to stop it but I've gotten to a point where I'm just like I don't consume that stuff you know um I don't I kind of like tell my sister, hey, I just don't think you should consume this stuff because let your own voice and let your own idea of who you are, let that come through and don't let it be polluted. Yeah. Especially when they're at that young age. Especially that vulnerable age, yeah. Arti? I personally, I think I'm fortunate enough not to be swayed by media Mm. in terms of beauty standards, mostly because I just watch cricket and cartoons yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah not much of female beauty in cricket yeah yeah. (laughs) oh just females in general (laughs) (laughs) hold on (laughs) but yeah i think i personally was wasn't like too affected by it but i did have like people around me telling me that light skin is beautiful or like having straight hair is beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. like, like it did kind of affect me but generally I was 
okay with how I looked and didn't really bother to change myself just because someone told me I should change. Mm. Get Arthi, I'm so proud of you for yeah, being so strong. Yeah, that's inspiring. Woohoo! That's a very um, important point that you brought up about the light skin versus dark skin thing. Yeah. But we'll hear Sakos' um, answer and then we'll we'll delve into colorism because that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, media can be very poisonous because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poisonous yes, because it shows you unrealistic unrealistic ways you should be like you should be super thin you should be this way you should be that mm. way and it's unrealistic where am i going with this <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I yeah, yeah and then that puts like pressure on yourself to be that way yeah and then you'll never be happy with who you are yeah and that's very detrimental yeah Mm. Yeah, it's tough out here because, like, not only do we have to battle the media being a woman, but then also growing up as a teenager, they also push, like, you have to be perfect. You know, a lot of have pimples. And it's like, well, yeah. look at me. I'm turning 25. This, and I still got pimples to deal with. Like, exactly. do you know what I mean? And then yeah. also you have to deal with the fact that yeah. you're not even pretty exactly. anyway. So yeah. it's like, And yeah. it, it glamorizes life a lot. It's, yeah. and it's not realistic at all and makes things that are natural like getting pimples and growing up and going through puberty and going through all the phases something that's very much so taboo like it just makes mm. it like you can't talk about it and it's not okay and it shouldn't be something you're going through but it very much is yeah. mm. and it's like I just found what Arthur was saying like kind of hit home we like it sounds like you didn't super identify with that and that's that's the the issue is that like you make girls identify so much with their beauty it's like your beauty is just a part of you mm. like how you look is just a part of you mm. it's not the whole thing it's not the bedrock of your worth yeah. like you know if you if you have a pimple today your whole day shouldn't crumble mm. but the world you know that's what the world tells yeah, you is that so, yeah. this is your worth so you better hustle and you better look exactly. good because you don't really have anything else to offer like, Which is yeah. a lie because Lies. we ain't gonna look like this for the rest of our lives. <laughs> 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 We're gonna turn to a bag of wrinkles. So, <laughs> so yeah, up. so I think people should be um, yeah. should be looked at with what they've got inside, like mm-hmm. their worth, what they're bringing mm-hmm. to the table. How about that world? Oh my god! Yeah, that would be a good world, yeah. but whew, she unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> and then just talking about representation, just um, other than beauty, the beauty world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see anyone that looks like us. You know, being a politician or, yeah. yeah, you know, just doing other things in life that has, like, you know, other than their beauty. Yeah. I mean, recently in America, um, Ilhan Omar, she's the first refugee. Um, oh, gosh, what's she's a title? congresswoman? Yes, yeah. thank you. I was like, oh my god, just suddenly like escaped my mind. I think she's yeah. in the Congress. Yeah, and then our oh, she might be a junior well, senator. I actually don't know politics. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hazrat Hassan, Minister yeah. 6228. Yeah, <laughs> hey, <laughs> rip it, rip it. Yeah, so I definitely think it's yeah. changing. Yeah. But and I also, but then you know, we also have to think about yes, things are changing, and media is. You know, we don't see, especially we don't see, we don't see black women, we don't see women of color in leadership positions. You know, if you are in the media, it's kind of a subservient role, or you're kind of just this exotic beauty, or just something that's reductionary. But then even people like Ilhan, like I mean, look at the amount of backlash she gets, and you know, it's just like still a constant struggle, and we're still very much, in some ways, in the like pioneering phase, and yeah, early you know, phases. especially in New Zealand, like I think in our leadership, especially in our leadership. You know, we got a we got a way to go in terms of actually mm. representing the community. 
Yeah, I we think. really do. Yeah. Like, did you guys hear about the backlash um, Golras received? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's um, uh, the first refugee MP in New Zealand, and mm-hmm. she's the MP for the Green Party. Um, and she constantly gets comments about, go back home to your country. Yeah. Why are you trying yeah. to push your agenda in this peaceful country? <laughs> like she spent all those years studying as a lawyer, and then she spent all those years working at the UN yeah. Yeah. just to come back to New Zealand mm-hmm. and screw New Zealand over. Like, yeah. come on, really? That makes yeah. a lot of sense. And it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? If you're If you don't do anything, then you're just... Munch, you're just coming here and not contributing to society. Exactly. If you do study and you do contribute to society, then you're outstepping your place. So it's like either way, you know, you can't win mm. with certain with certain mentalities. Mm. Yeah, I want to rewind a bit to what um, you first mentioned, Arti, about the light skin versus dark skin. So colorism is most definitely a thing, and oh man, you just see it seeping into your lives in so many different ways, insidiously. Um, but how does it? What ways have you seen colorism? I think a lot in my culture, because even in old Indian mythology, light was associated with like goodness, purity, beauty, and everything, and dark was evil or ugly, and so it was like something that's been ingrained for centuries, mm. and people still believe that, which is kind of unfortunate. And and I've seen like some of my cousins who were. I guess darker than me and then they were like really good at sports but then their parents didn't want them to play out in the sun because they'll get darker and not get a husband in the future or something dramatic like that but I don't know like I I feel like that shouldn't stop you from doing things Mm -hmm. that you want to do yeah it honestly just is so ridiculous that it's even a thing Mm -hmm. like Literally, the shade of your color can determine what you should like, should what you should be able to do in life, and mm. who you should marry, and what you. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, honestly. Um, what about Fratosa Sagal? Um, I think I didn't. My uh, grateful to my parents for never upholding those ideas. Um, and it's kind of different. It depends on what part of the world you're from. Eh? Like, you know, if you like, if South Asia is a little different to like to Somalia but my parents were really good they didn't they didn't tell me anything about that but I didn't realize that I was a little that I have a little bit of privilege because in the Somalia community maybe slightly on the lighter side I wasn't didn't was not aware of this until people started make people start making comments like I kind of started to realize that people really associated beauty with lightness and I just didn't personally feel that that was true but yeah it's just it comes down to like just another way of putting women down yeah like it affects men as well but it's just another way of of making us like fight and yeah yeah definitely and i also think the roots of colorism is the lighter you are the closer you are to being white which is better so i think that definitely definitely is a role play and i also think that um (laughs) that black men also have a role in continuing this like idea of colorism by by you're trying to choose your words here, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? It's I don't okay. know exactly. This is the same space. Like, <laughs> like the way they idolize lighter women, and even in um, going back to media, even in media, you see the that lighter black women do get recognized more. Like I love my girl Beyonce, <laughs> but you know, like Kelly, where's the love for Kelly? That's a word. That's <laughs> like, a word. You know. 
like just things like that yeah. that you notice. Yeah, yeah, and it's grown into such a big market. Just lightning products. Yeah, exactly. People like Diana Cream. Yeah, yeah, and lovely. Yep, like making money out of people's insecurities. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. shouldn't even be there in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm not here for it. Nah, <laughs> I ain't no, I ain't no one here for it. <laughs> nope. <clears throat> So we are running out of time, but we do have one question to address um, before we wrap up this episode. So someone has come in and this is what they've said. So, hey, awesome job on the podcast. Enjoy it thoroughly and kudos to you for making that step forward to make it a reality too. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I only thought like my family and friends will listen to it. So <laughs> tuning in. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Um, and then he continued to say, as a male, I know I live a privileged life. What can I do to help empower my female colleagues, friends and family and females as a whole to reduce the current gap? My actions are only so much and I feel limited in what I can do. I appreciate your answers can be extrapolated to empowering my, uh, minority groups in different areas. Thanks. First of all, thank you for the question. Woohoo. And thank you for tuning <laughs> yeah. in. So, ladies, what do you guys think? Is listening to them, helping yeah. them grow their ideas, mm. like just respecting them as equals. Yeah. So important. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, I think this this question when I first read, it, I was like, "Oh, she's a doozy." You know, it was a hard question <laughs> for me to like internalize and then like yeah. give an answer to. But I think acknowledging is the first step, and this person has done so, which is amazing. And as Arthi said, like helping them and like just conversations and things like that and also not giving any room for discrimination in your life so if you hear anything call it out mm. don't give any laughs to it just like the posters that we see going around on campus right now like give no hate give no like home give no any of that kind of stuff so yeah yeah um i just totally echo that so like the fact that he's even wanting to take action you're ahead of a lot of us but also the other thing is like you actually are powerful and in if he does take action it is important um and uh, just i think in a maybe a more practical sense like a lot of i think a lot of men you know do have feminist ideals but don't necessarily implement those in the home and work like if you really believe in you know equality and you and you and your and within your family you see that women pick up a lot of the the housework or and that's not something that they directly accepted or want to do then you know try and do it in your own home and in your own setting and then at work listening to women back up women's ideas you know and you know because we know that you know that there is a little bit of unconscious bias that exists so if women come up with a good idea just back them up or um yeah just like and really be try and be active and and don't be don't be passive yeah exactly yeah it's the tiny things that add add up to make a big difference it doesn't have to be something really grand yeah Yeah. just the tiny things from day to day yeah Yeah. and that's integrity right there exactly i agree with everything that you've said i think the only thing i would have to add is just like you have already acknowledged that you live a privileged life so know your privilege and know what that means and and understand what that allows you to do Mm. and understand what that allows other people that they you know they can't do something because yeah. you have that privilege and other people don't um and yeah i echo, echo exactly what all of you guys said is perfect yeah. so i just want to thank you guys once again for coming onto the podcast it's so nice to have you uh Arti, do you want to say a last few words so yeah before we say goodbye i just want to add on this 
Pokemon code. Let's go. It's by Meowth. So we do have a lot in common than we think. The same earth, same air, same sky. So maybe if we started looking at what's the same instead of what's different, who knows? The world might be a lot better. So just try to understand each yeah. other. Hey! Listen. Pokemon coming through with their social impact. I love it. I love it. One. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much once again for tuning in to Headscarves and Good Nyans. We are now on Spotify, Google Podcast, and also you can always listen to us on Otago Access Radio. Hey. Um, follow us on our Facebook page to keep updated with what we do here. And thank you so much to my wonderful sisters for coming on to the show. Thank Woo. you, Thank you all so much. Thank you, <laughs> That's us. See you later. Bye. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.